Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Over the past year, I was able to learn more about some of the incredible groups and organizations we have across the United States. One of them is Harvest Home, an organization based in Los Angeles that is helping transform the lives of homeless pregnant women by providing them with housing, community, and support during their pregnancies. Operating since 1989 out of a residential home in Santa Monica, Harvest Home has been able to help up to 30 women and their babies each year. The organization also helps mothers transition into stable housing, find employment, and stay connected to other program graduates through the Harvest Home Alumni Program. Over the past 30 years, Harvest Home has been able to help over 540 families, and now they're working to open a second home to provide even more help and services. Today we'll be joined by Executive Director of Harvest Home, Sarah Wilson, who will be discussing her work with Harvest Home LA, the organization's upcoming expansion, and ways people can help. I am so happy to share this conversation with you, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. So, Sarah Wilson, you are the executive director of Harvest Home LA. And, you know, as I was just saying to you, I absolutely love everything about this organization and what you all are doing at Harvest Home. So thank you for coming on to chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to chat. I'm really excited to get into it because, like I said, it's just such a wonderful organization and there's so many incredible things you're doing. But would you mind starting us off? For those who don't know, would you mind introducing what Harvest Home is and what your mission is? Yeah, so Harvest Home is a nonprofit organization. We're based in Los Angeles, and we provide housing support and programs um, to equip and empower pregnant women who are experiencing homelessness. So we are a residential program and we have a home where women come and stay and kind of go through what you might call a little bit of like a mommy boot camp. Um, we have a program that's, that's tailored and designed to help equip women for motherhood. And so, yeah, we're not just, not just providing that housing and, you know, helping women who economically are in a, in, in a space where they would either be on the streets or, you know, in a car in an un, unsafe living situation, but also helping them to prepare mentally and emotionally and spiritually and, and physically, you know, all facets to not just kind of survive, but to really thrive as new moms. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I guess a little bit about you as well. How did you get involved in the organization? Um, if you want to just sort of introduce people to your story and your background. Yeah, so I actually studied social work um, in my undergrad. And at the time, I um, my plan was to go into church ministry. And I just really felt strongly that in order to, to serve people in any way, um, being able to come from a place of, of compassionate service, of 
empathy and, and understanding of um, the whole person and the challenges that people experience on all levels, not just on a spiritual level, but mentally and emotionally and um, physically and how much your like family of origin and your experiences, you know, impact that. And so I, I went into social work kind of with that, um, with that lens in mind and did actually serve in that capacity and kind of more the, the church ministry side for over 10 years and got acquainted through uh, to Harvest Home through a church where I was serving and just loved everything about, um, about what we do, just the opportunity of this, this time in a woman's life where she is, she's becoming a mother. She's growing in herself in a new way. And just, um, the opportunity that, and I've gone through this now having become a mom, um, but just, I think it's a very special time in a woman's life where you look, um, of course your body's going through all these changes, right. And it's fascinating how the body like changes in so many ways, mm-hmm. um, during pregnancy that like full organs, like move out of the way for, <laughs> for the baby to, you know, to be born and, or to, to grow. And, um, even like the, the brain chemistry, brain science of what happens during pregnancy of like your brain is rewired and these, you know, these, just the amazing things biologically that happen during pregnancy, but then also just what happens mentally and emotionally. And, um, just, Anyway, I'm kind of kind of rambling now, but I just um, I I really loved everything about the mission that it's providing a tangible tangible support to women who are in this this place in their lives, but that it's also um, at a time when when women are open and when they're ready for change. And I guess it's almost that like ready or not change is coming, right? And so um, yeah, just just really was excited about the opportunity. Um, to serve in a way that just makes an impact, not just on that mom's life, but on her baby's life and, you know, generations to come. And, you know, I truly believe that a baby's situation or a child's situation can't change and won't change if a mother is not ready for change in her life. And so it's just a really special, special opportunity and a place where, you know, I was excited to engage and invest my time as well. Well, that's so wonderful. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think with pregnancy, um, I have not had a child, but I I just know from so many people that have, it's a very trying time. There's like you had mentioned, there's a lot going on. There's a lot on your mind. Um, And your well-being and your baby's well-being is a big part of that. And I think with Harvest Home, what I absolutely love about it is that you're providing a haven and a safe space for women and their children. So one statistic that just really blew my mind was um, LA County Health Department. They had reported that there are approximately 5,000 pregnant women experiencing homelessness in LA County every year. I mean, that's just such a wild statistic. And I guess, what are you doing with Harvest Home to sort of combat that problem? Yeah, so that number um, that you shared, it, it is it is reflected from a study that the health department um, does every other year, and it's healthcare providers that that patients report those like self-reporting of statistics. You know, there's there's five thousand women in need of of support every year during their pregnancy, whether that's you know 
housing. And again, you know, the, the homelessness looks different for each woman, um, what that, that situation looks like, but yet there are fewer than a hundred beds, um, a hundred shelter beds for women who are in, in this situation. And so, um, you know, Harvest Home, we have this home in Venice Beach for 10 women. And gosh, when you look at that 10 to that, you know, 5,000 women, it's just a barely scratches, you know, the surface of the need there. And so about five years ago, our board came together and said, you know, what, what can we do? How can we do more? We saw that, you know, our program is one that serves a few women in a very deep way. And we see this lasting change and um, just, you know, as I mentioned, the, the multifaceted approach, which really does bring lasting change in a woman's life, but how can we do more of that? And so we set out on the strategic plan to expand, to open a second home, really with that aim of being able to, you know, make our programming and our services available to more women. And so um, we are actually opening a, a second home later this year, which is really, really exciting um, that will actually triple, triple that number. So um, we'll be able to serve up to 28 women at a time, which is, which is really exciting. Um, but still that only again is like a drop in the bucket to the, the greater need that's there. And so, you know, one of our aims as well is to continue to raise awareness about the lack of resources that are available. And, you know, our hope is that other, other organizations and agencies within Los Angeles will, you know, join with us in helping tackle um, the unique set of, of needs that, you know, that pregnant women have as well. Well, I, I certainly hope so. Um, and, you know, like you said, though, I, I think helping one person is still at least helping one person. And we do, of course, we hope we can help more, but it's so incredible what you guys have done. And I think too, that, so with your current home, um, like you said, you're able to, uh, help about 10 women at a time, but throughout the year, you're able to help and accommodate around 30 women, which is wonderful. What is the feedback been from the women that you're working with and helping in these certain situations? Yeah. So Harvest Home is, we have this residential program, but then after women graduate, they continue in our alumni program. So we do stay connected and, and maintain relationships. And it's honestly my favorite part of, of our work at Harvest Home because we get to like really be a part of, of their family and get to, you know, watch these, these babies and these moms grow too, you know, into their, to becoming a full family. And it's really awesome. We have um, a board member who um, her, she, her baby was, was born at Harvest Home. Her son's now eight. He was actually the first baby born after I um, started working at Harvest Home. And so um, it's just really exciting to be able to, to, for them to be a part of our family and us to be a part of their family. We actually just welcomed um, one of our alumni to our, our staff team as well. And so we, we love it when we, we kind of see that come full circle, but that really is, is our aim and the best, um, the best feedback we could ever receive from our, our residents is that they felt seen, um, that they felt like they were part of our family, that they actually, you know, that we actually cared for them, that, um, it's amazing when we see the relationships that our residents build with each other. Um, this this um, alum who just joined our staff team, her daughter is two, and the whole cohort of 
alumni that she was in the home with, they still have a massive text thread together and they stay in touch. And even throughout the pandemic, we're able to like get together at parks outside and do like mass little play dates with their, with their babies. And so um, we love it when we, when we hear that, like that familial aspect. And then, you know, one thing we'll hear women say too, is that we, they came in expecting like a shelter and that they really found a home. And it's something that we've put a lot of care and intention into in the home and the way that, um, you know, the, the, the furnishings that we have and the way that it's decorated that um, I think a lot of women come in expecting kind of a more clinical, sterile kind of environment. And we're at this little cottage by the, by the Venice, you know, by the beach in Venice and every woman has her own room and, you know, we decorate the rooms nicely and each woman gets the welcome basket when she moves in. And we just really believe strongly and we want women to know that like, we want them to be there, that we see them as an individual, we see their potential. And even maybe if she's not believing yet that she's worth it, that there are people that are believing in her and cheerleading her and believing she can do it as a new mom. Definitely. And yeah, I think too, just with, you brought up the alumni program actually, and I I do want to get into that. Um, Would you mind, I guess, explaining what it is you do with the alumni program, what services you provide? Um, Because what I think is really amazing is that, you know, you're showing that your help doesn't just end after, after pregnancy. You really want to help these women flourish and, you know, provide them with connections and opportunities to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So our approach in the residential program is really to walk alongside the women who are in our program. We recognize that we can provide this opportunity, we can provide resources, but really it's the strength from within that is carrying a woman forward. It's it's the strength she already has and we're just helping her believe in herself and unleash those things and getting her set kind of, you know, as she, as she moves on um, and, and becoming a mother. And so most of our women, um, they leave our residential program when they find housing, that's kind of the, the culmination point there. But the relationships and all of that is so much, is so important. That's so much a part of who we are. And so through our alumni program, we continue to walk alongside um, moms in a, in a couple different ways. So one, we have um, case management and kind of ongoing and coaching and support um, that, of course, in the first year after a mom moves out, it's more kind of intentional and structured during that time. And then as time goes on, you know, it's a little, it happens less frequently. And really the aim is that, you know, a woman is becoming um, more independent and also getting connected with other resources in the community that they move into. Uh, but again, the relational aspect is really important to us. And so we stay connected um, through events. We have several events a year, a Mother's Day event. We have um, a, a barbecue every summer where alumni and staff and, you know, everyone, all current residents all come together. It's almost like a family reunion of sorts. Um, every year we do a our alumni Christmas party where we, we call it adopt a family, but families are able to, you know, purchase gifts for the the families for Christmas. And so just really continuing to be, to provide some, some tangible supports, but also that relational consistency and a place that, you know, you can call if you need support. And we always want just like your own home, you know, we want our residents to feel like no matter how much time has gone by that they can, that they can reach back out and that we can be here for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's so great because, and like I had mentioned, um, with 
you know, helping women flourish after this program, after this opportunity to, you know, reside at Harvest Home, you really do, you know, see out the mission of Harvest Home. And I think that's so important. We've talked about that in the past on the podcast with different organizations um, and charities and how sometimes people just like to set a goal. And once it's, you know, checked off the list, okay, that's it, moving on. Um, but I think to really, you know, see a project through, and in this case, with the women at Harvest Home that, you know, reside in Harvest Home, but after that, to really help guide them on this new journey. Um, because life, you know, we've talked about it, life is messy, life is complicated, and, and motherhood, it's it's a lot at once. Um, so to provide them with so many different opportunities after, you know, sort of pregnancy, I think that's so wonderful. Yeah, you know, I think that the, so I've been, I've been with Harvest Home for eight years and the first four years I was here, I was, was before becoming a mom. And then I've been at Harvest Home for four years since. So kind of can, can split it squarely down the middle. And, you know, I've learned, I've learned so much in that time about people and how much really we, how much we have in common with each other that, especially in where we are in the world today, I feel like there's um, it's really easy to, I guess, to be divisive and look at the things that, that make us different, but it's amazing how similar we all are. And in that journey to motherhood for myself, I think that is what has helped me even connect with our residents more and more and, and recognizing that we, as, as human beings, as mothers, um, have really the same innate desires to, you know, care for, our children to ensure that they are safe, to want to provide a future, to be want to, you know, any of us typically looks back at our own experiences with our own childhood, right? And wants to to learn from that and help, you know, draw from it the things that are positive and, and avoid the things that maybe were negative in our own experiences. And I think that um, what I what I have learned and grown in the most um, in my time at Harvest Home is just recognizing that we have so much more in common than we do that, that divides us or that, um, that, that is different for each of us. And so I think that's one of the things that, um, our women also draw on from, from our program is that we're not just there to check the boxes, like you said, or just to like move people through like a mill, but to really build those relationships, build those connections, to be able to kind of individualize the process and, you know, each approach each woman and from where she is and help um, her bring out like her own strengths and her own goals. And um, I think that's what we all want is to be seen as individuals, to be accepted. And um, I would, you know, I would hope that every mom moving out of our program feels that way as well. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's, I mean, there's a large aspect of community there um, and shared experiences and like you said, I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of us, you know, we're also alike. We all go through a lot of the same struggles and hardships and, you know, the same joys. And I think when it comes to children too, all you want to do is provide the best for that child. So um, I, I do, I just think it's so wonderful, the different services that you provide. Um, and what makes it exciting is that like you had mentioned, um, you're building a second home. So I'm not sure what all you can share about that project and, you know, what's exciting and new with that. 
Yeah. So I mentioned, you know, that it's been this like five year um, strategic plan that we were, have been working towards. And right as the pandemic was starting, we were launching a $4 million capital campaign and construction was, you know, we had our architects working on drawing up the plans and then the pandemic hits. Right. And it's like, okay, you know, this timeline of, we thought we were going to be open by the end of 2020 and kind of everything just went haywire. Um, so such such a lesson in um, just patience and just being able to, I think, um, turn into the challenges and just respond and like just recognizing what we have control of and what we don't have control of. I think so many of us, that was our lesson in this last year, right? Of letting go of those things that we, we just have no, we have no control in, but um, certainly was, was a challenge embarking on this capital campaign um, and this project at that time. So here we are a year and a half later and really excited. We actually uh, were waiting on permits, construction permits for a year um, and those just went through. So we've had this amazing crew that's been able to like do what everything they can um, without the permits. And so we fully have the, the construction permits. So really excited about that. And we're on target for that work to all be finished by the end of the year. So, you know, last year um, in general, I know we're all so sick of hearing it by now, but there was so much conversation around like what's essential. And we were able to, to, step back and think like, wow, like harvest home really is essential that, you know, that without, without us being there, you know, the women that are in our home literally would have nowhere else to be. They would, they would be on the streets or would have, especially in the time of this virus, like exposure, mm-hmm. um, to that. And so to be able to provide a place that was physically safe, um, but it also motivated us to like keep moving this project forward, even though it felt like such a slog, like such an uphill battle. And so, um, yeah, so construction is currently underway. We're continuing to raise um, the $4 million that, that, that we're aiming for to keep this home open. It's, it's partially like $2 million to get everything opened up, but you know, we are tripling as an organization. And so we're aiming to raise those first three years of, you know, the operational expenses as well. And so we're continuing to do that. I'm really inviting folks to partner with us to make three-year commitments um, in order to help ensure that, you know, that we're able to get our doors open and um, build up kind of our normal operating budget um, to provide for that. But yeah, really, really excited um, that we are on target to be able to open by the end of the year. And, you know, in the last 35 years um, of Harvest Home Home's existence, we've served over 600 families. And so to think that with tripling that, you know, we'll go from serving 25 to 30 women a year to close to 100 women a year. And I'm just excited to think about how many lives, you know, not just in this generation, but the next generation will be changed because of because of that. Yeah, it really is so exciting and definitely some good news. I feel like 2020 and 2021 have been really rocky, but that's definitely some really good news and something to look forward to is that new home. You brought up the pandemic and I'm glad that you did because I was going to ask, I mean, you had mentioned the construction of the second home and how that sort of offset all plans. Um, but with the women residing in your primary house right now, how did the pandemic affect your just normal operation? Yeah, it's it's been tough. Um, think about what 
you know, what each of us went through as individuals and then think about what that would look like with a group of, of women living in a home together. Um, so we typically are able to serve, you know, 10 women at a time. And we, we have had to scale that back uh, during the pandemic. So thankfully we've had a, a wonderful partnership with the Los Angeles health department. And so they've helped us, they've been right there every step along the way, helping to help us to make those policies and ensure that the women are safe. And so they, you know, had to scale back that number to, to seven, Thankfully, we've just been given um, clearance to increase back up to 10 again. So that's really wonderful. But yeah, we had to, you know, limit the number of the women in the home. But I think the biggest challenge has just been the one thing that we have all had some control of in this last year is our, is our own homes. Right. So, um, that's kind of for all of us has been our, our, our safe haven, right. The place where we know that, you know, there's the germs that are coming in and out are known and we, we can protect ourselves and can protect our families. And so for, you know, women living in this congregate facility, you know, living in a home together, there's, there's been even less control there. You know, we, women have been, you know, we've been wearing masks in the home um, for the residents to protect them and to protect each other. And certainly as pregnant women, there's hasn't been a lot that's known about, you know, the risks there. And if there is, you know, more risk for pregnant women. And so, um, so I think that's, that's been hard is for women to, you know, continue to, to wear masks at home as well, you know, kind of, all, the most of the rest of us have that that um, break from that when we're in our when we're in our own homes. But at the same time, um, I think our residents also are just so grateful to have a, a safe a safe space. Um, we had a resident this year who essentially became homeless because um, because she lost her job. It was doing um, extracurricular sports in a high school setting, and of course, sports weren't in place you know last year, and so. Um, she was somebody who normally we never, you know, she wouldn't have ended up in that situation. And so, um, but she's such an example of just the, the strength and the resiliency of, of our residents. She was able to, you know, be in the home just about six months and had her baby and got her job and, you know, was able to, to move on to her own place. And I think that's been a big thing as we've experienced, um, yeah, just seeing women who maybe aren't coming out of like a lifetime of poverty or um, kind of generational cycles of um, abuse, but just like these global circumstances, you know, have, have led them to a place they wouldn't have ever imagined they would have been. So that's definitely been something that, that we've seen in this last year. Um, one of the, some of the bigger challenges, um, our alumni program, you know, we have most of our alumni are are working and providing for their their children, and so then suddenly, you know, many of them were out of work, and so thankfully we were able to um, do some additional support for our alumni, especially last year as the the pandemic was first was first ramping up, and you know there was access to toilet paper and food, and all of those things were limited. Um, we were able to do um, first we did it by week, every other week, and then monthly. Um, we put together food boxes, relief boxes, and volunteers would come and pick them up and deliver them to the homes of our alumni. And so, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways, our approach this last year, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, was very much what most everybody was experiencing is you don't know what to do. You feel like 
things are outside of your control. And so I feel like we found ourselves doing the things that most people did, which is like, what can we do? And so that was one of the tangible supports that we could, you know, provide to our residents and to our alumni. Um, and then as, you know, as the years progressed, as a leader, I think the biggest um, kind of learning curve or growth curve for me in this last year has just been trying to be present um, with in the moment with where we are with both our residents and our alumni, but also with our staff team. And, you know, our, our team was grateful to work in essential jobs where they could continue to going, going to work. But that also meant going to work was also like in a you know, a potential risk of exposure to the virus or, you know, bringing that home. We had staff who lived with elderly home, uh, with elderly family members, you know, and there was concern of, of risk there. We have um, staff members who have young children at home. And so they were, had, you know, they were grateful to continue to come to work, but they also had kids that were essentially homeschooling. And, and you know, we had staff whose mental health really suffered as a result. And staff that had, you know, um, underlying health conditions and just they're just realizing everybody has been so differently, you know, impacted this last year. I personally um, had an aunt and uncle that, that passed away um, due to COVID-19. And, you know, we had other, other people that in, on our team that lost close family members as well. And so when I mentioned that being present as a leader, just trying to be present in the moment, in the room and, caring for our team in the best way possible and not really even knowing what that is. Um, and I feel like we're still there, still continuing to, um, yeah, just lead, lead with empathy and providing and caring for our team um, while also recognizing that this environment continues to change. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of been hard to keep up with, with what's best in every moment, but, um, I feel like looking outside myself and not just looking at like my own needs, but the needs of our team has been like, it just a, a crucial part of this last year. Right. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your losses, but I appreciate you sharing all of that because, and that's one of the reasons why I was so you know happy to have you on. Um, Cause at least maybe this was me personally, but I feel like just with the media I was consuming, I saw a lot on the hardships that, nursing homes were facing, that schools were facing. Um, but I wasn't seeing a lot about shelters and organizations like Harvest Home where you're providing a haven for, you know, many other people. Um, and I, I think that dialogue was sort of missing. Sure, there were stories every now and then. But um, I think, like I said, I think that dialogue was missing. So um, I appreciate you sharing all that because I think, you know, I, I, like we talked about before, we really all went through a lot of the same struggles during this. Um, and I can only imagine when there's, you know, so many other people in one house in the mix, it can get really complicated. So um, I think one of the positives, though, is that there's a lot of ways that people can help, um, not just, you know, because of the year we're in right now, but just in general, um, people can help Harvest Home in so many ways. Would you mind sharing how individuals can get involved in supporting Harvest Home and, you know, any other ways that, you know, people could, you know, help a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly for those who are um, local to Los Angeles, 
we, we do have lots of different volunteer opportunities. And I mentioned how important kind of that relational aspect is. And we, we really desire for our residents to get to know people from all different kind of walks of life and backgrounds. And so we welcome, you know, guests into the home to help teach our classes and help with, as babysitters and in so many different ways. And so um, for those local to Los Angeles, that's that's something that is certainly an opportunity. Um, I did mention, you know, this, this capital campaign and just the opportunity we have to, to open this new home and that we're working towards our goal there. And so um, certainly, you know, financial support is, is always welcomed there as well. Um, one of the things that I think is, is unique about Harvest Homes program and certainly, you know, all, all shelters, shelters out there this way that, you know, we, we operate 365 days a year, like, 24 seven. I mean, that's the reality. Um, and so we are, our monthly donors, um, we actually call them team, team 365. There are our team that help keep the, our doors open, um, every day of the year. And so, you know, every dollar, every dollar literally makes a difference. And so that's, that's a way that people can, um, you know, even five bucks a month is, is really significant, um, and, and helping to, to change the path and the way forward for a mom and her baby. Um, and then, you know, I would say too, just we're helping to continue to raise, um, just the, to raise the voice of, of the women um, who are walking through this experience of, you know, experiencing homelessness while also being pregnant. Um, you know, it's, I think that there can, you know, I've heard critical viewpoints out there before and um, the reality is that these are these are women that are working really hard every day to change the future for their families, and they're emerging from Harvest Home, trying to find jobs and housing and childcare. And if you live in an urban center, those things are challenging for anyone, much less somebody who's kind of you know coming back out of um, just the life experiences and the challenges and hardship that um, that women at Harvest Home come through. And so what I think people can do in that regard is no matter where they are is to recognize um, the humanity of that, to recognize that regardless of where people have come from, their desires and our desires as, as humans are, are the same and that we want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be valued and respected that we all have um, the same desire for that, that self-dignity and I think that um, as we engage with individuals in our cities or that are dealing with homelessness or are on the brink of becoming homeless, of looking somebody in the eye and having a conversation with them and treating them as a human, um, that that does just about as much as you know giving somebody giving somebody a physical, you know, physical support as well. And so I just always, I always think that that's an important thing to charge people with is looking around them and seeing where their opportunities connect with, to connect with somebody and help them um, to feel seen in, in their everyday life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, I mean, use your voice too. I think spreading awareness about issues, about hardships. I mean, that's the best way to, you know, throw your support in. Um, and it's so easy to do, you know, using our voice is absolutely no charge. <laughs> um, it's such an easy thing to do to spread awareness. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I can't wait to see all, all that's to come with this second home. I think it's so exciting. 
Um, and I appreciate you sharing your story with it. But um, before we go, I always like to ask with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned, um, whether it's, you know, throughout your time at Harvest Home or just in your career in general, that's really helped you handle your life? You know, when I think about lessons that I've learned um, in my my time as a leader, uh, certainly in this last year of this pandemic and navigating, you know, experiences that no one, you know, in our lifetime or several generations before have, have gone through. I think one of the, um, the pieces of encouragement that I received that I've resonated on a lot in this last year is listen to your critics and listen to your cheerleaders. And I feel like there have been times in my, in my life and in my career that I've kind of leaned in into one direction or the other, right? Listening to the critics and thinking like, certainly in listening to our critics, we can grow, we can draw strength. But I think there've been times where I've leaned into that and kind of just felt discouraged and listening to the cheerleaders. There's times where I've leaned into that and I'm like, Oh, and like, everything's great. And just kind of not, um, not holding those at the same time. And this last year, I think has been a really great um, opportunity as a leader to do, to do both of those things, to listen where there's critical feedback and looking critically like within and at the organization and how can we improve in those areas and where are things that we can, we can pull out and we can grow in. And at the same time, you know, also holding those places of, of encouragement and strength and places where we're succeeding and, and holding those and realizing that like, we're not doing things perfectly and we're going to make mistakes. Um, but it's by, you know, the encouragement and, and the criticism that we're really able to, to move forward and to grow both personally and as an organization and as a team. And so I think that, um, that's probably been one of my, um, my biggest learning curves this last year is, is kind of taking what you can and, and, you know, moving forward with that. I absolutely love that. That's really great advice because I think it's so easy to do. It's so easy to fall completely into one of those sides, but I think, yeah, to be open to criticism, but not be consumed by it. And then, you know, to be accepting of praise, but also don't let that praise take over. (laughs) Um, That's so important. And I, I absolutely love that. So Thank you for that. And also lastly, where can people find Harvest Home and, you know, keep up with all the new and exciting things to come from you guys? Yeah. So our website is harvesthomela.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harvest Home LA. So just at Harvest Home LA. Um, Yeah. And definitely we'll be posting lots of updates about our opening and exciting things that are to come. Oh, definitely. Well, that's so exciting and wishing you all the best with it. Um, Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on again. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed learning more about Harvest Home and hearing from Sarah. If you'd like to learn even more about the organization, be sure to check out their Instagram page. The handle is listed right here in this episode's description. 
Thank you to Sarah so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.